students trying to figure out how recording equipment works after our much needed vacation from the show we just we, you know we, we couldn't we couldn't handle each other anymore folks it was getting pretty rough just fist mm. fights almost every it's show. not just you Dan <laughs> um, yeah like always after a multiple month hiatus we're back with a new episode of the eternal student and it's really too bad because there's no promises because we just recorded for like 10 minutes and that was some of our best stuff yeah you'll and never so if it. we forget about it that's uh we you know it just is what it is just but uh latavius murray we didn't think up. you'd want to uh listen to us in a robot voice <laughs> <laughs> as appealing as that would be it was a pretty cool f- filter we had going on there it was kind of like you remember old school when he shot a dart in his neck that's right got a dart man that is a movie reference i can relate to dart in your neck which i don't think anyone will ever do it as as good as uh, will ferrell did it but uh someone will try i'm sure in the future yeah there's only one there's only one of him he's uh he is an you know someday i could see him on some currency um which I don't know if that's actually ever happened. A comedian on currency. Yeah, I, I I think that's a bold statement and a preposterous statement. But he's one of the he's one of our best. Um, one thing we were talking about as we get back to you here in the middle of August, and we got a heat wave coming up, is um, the eternal student. Eternal is forever, and we were talking about just what we've learned over the summer a little bit. And um, I was going down a road of, because one of the many trips I took this summer was out to Western New York, trip I've always wanted to do. Um, That'd be where Buffalo's located, Yeah, that's where Buffalo and Rochester, New York are. And um, I've been there many times for for Buffalo Bills football games, but I had never been there in the summer for training camp. Never remembered them for some reason. Yes. Well, I remember most of them. (laughs) But um, I took my boys with, and we flew into Buffalo, drove to Rochester, and had a blast, and I got some autographs, and we explored some areas where my dad's family was from, and went to Niagara Falls, and and, and had a really good trip. But one thing that came out today as I was driving over to the show is I was listening to uh, one of the Bills' new running backs, Latavius Murray. He's been in the league probably 11 years, I think it is, and he played for the Vikings for a little bit, and played for the Raiders, and... They kind of asked him, you know, how are you still doing it, you know, at this age, and especially for a running back, you know, how are you still here, basically? And um, I thought he made an insightful point, and one of the reasons I listen to a lot of, I enjoy listening to press conferences um, from various people around sports, just because I think you you can learn some things from coaches and players, um, was that he said, you know, I don't really think that it's the age, you know, I don't really think it's the number. He said, I really think what happens to running backs in particular is that just maybe, you know, it's easy to lose that drive and that edge that you had when you were younger. And I related it to, you know, teachers, you know, as we enter another year of teaching and, you know, for every teacher in our building, it's going to be anywhere from year one to year 30 something. And as you get older, you know, 
what happens is like you maybe lose some of that drive to continually want to learn to be better to and you might develop a little negative Nancy and here we go again and maybe a, a negative attitude towards things. I know none of you work with anybody like that. But um, I also think like when I hear of coaches, you know, when they hang it up, they retire and it's like, why'd you do it? Or players. And a lot of times it'll be like, you know, I just lost the drive to to want to come every day and be better. I didn't want to work as hard at practice. I didn't want to do the things that got me to where I got to. So I think as you think about being an internal student, as we kick off this new school year and this podcast again. Best school year yet. Yeah, don't say that. But um, I think it's, yeah, Do you are you a lifelong learner? And uh, There's a coach that I saw at a clinic that I thought phrased it well. You know, are you a know-it-all or are you a learn-it-all? And um, I think there's a big difference there between you get to that point where you think you know everything and we all know that we don't enjoy being around those people. But man, it feels, God, I don't know. It's, it's hard to be a learn it all, all the time, right? Like, like any of these pieces of advice or things we learn, like I heard a piece of advice about, I hear various pieces of advice about parenting or teaching or just living in general. But I always come to this final conclusion, like that person that said that, there's no way they're living that their entire like existence. There's always going to be those moments where you are the know-it-all because maybe you do know, you have experienced that specific, you know, um, thing multiple years in a row and you do know. Well, yeah, I think that comes down to sometimes making decisions, right? You know, if you know better, you're not just going to be like, all right, we're just going to learn it all, you know. (laughs) But as a parent, right, you might know better. But you still have to let your kids learn through their mistakes, even though you know better. And I think we can all think of the way we've been parented or the way we parent. Just because you know better doesn't mean that's going to translate. And probably in the workplace, too. You know, sometimes you got to. I think there's. Yeah, I get what you're saying. But um, I also think it's just an overall mindset, right? Growth mindset means you don't think you know everything and you're open to new ideas. Whereas a fixed mindset means. You, you know the way, you know the way. But I think one thing that's missing all the time, I don't know if I, maybe I just haven't read the right book, but I think with that advice, the thing that's missing is the part that it's not, you're not always able to keep it in that gear. Like it's going to be, you're going to put it into a different gear. You know, like I heard this piece of advice about parenting. It's a good piece of advice where it's like, you know, when you're struggling to keep your patience with your kids, who are toddlers or, you know, whatever, young kids, like pretend like you're a 85, like pretend you're 85 and you time traveled back to that moment just to have with your children. Um, <laughs> I've tried that a couple times and it's kind of worked to kind of take the edge off a little bit, but doesn't always work. For I'm sure. A, I'm always like, why would I choose this moment to come back to? <laughs> yep. Because it sucks. Because it sucks at this time, and I'm not going to ever time travel back to this specific moment because I hate it. So I'll try to one-up one up you on that. Um, another great, and I guess this is just the way my mind works, and maybe I listened to too many interviews, but uh, the I think it was the British Open, and uh, which is a golf tournament, and this, this Tell me more. very regular 36-year-old shorter left-handed golfer ended up winning the tournament. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but after the tournament was done, 
they interviewed one of the one of the more famous golfers. His name's Jason Day and Ozzy. And they, you know, the Sunday at the British Open, it rained the entire round of golf. And it was miserable weather. It was windy and rainy. And if any of you have ever done anything in the wind or the rain, you know it's not a whole lot of fun. And they asked, you know, they asked him, you know, how are the conditions today? And he's, you know, I don't have an Aussie accent, but he was like, they were probably the most difficult I've ever played in. But then he said, he said, I'm pretty sure on my deathbed, I will be dreaming of days like this. And I just thought for a guy in the moment, you know, he probably played the whole round of golf like that because just getting a glimpse at what his mindset is. If any, if you know anything about pro golf, they're all talented guys, but what separates most of them is what's between the ears and their mindset. And they have mental coaches. But I thought that was a really cool way to look at it. Like in the moment, he looked at it like, man, I'm going to be on my deathbed and be dreaming of playing in a day like this. And I just thought that was a really unique, unique way to, to look at something. And, and we're all taught that, right? To like, you know, cherish things and, you know, uh, live in the moment. And like you're saying, when you're 85, go back and be like, because everyone says it to you, right? The older parents, like, it's going to go so fast. It's going to fly by. You're going to miss it. Is what they but say. I really do think that's a mindset of like, how do I enjoy this toddler freaking out? You know, maybe take a video of her and show her at graduation like I do to my daughter. <laughs> but like, it's like, I don't know, maybe it's every piece of advice, but it doesn't always stick until, you know, you actually live through. Yeah, you moment. just want, you just basically... <laughs> You're like you're looking for that that you, nobody's perfect, and you're yeah. gonna have times where you I'm fall like, short. Shut your mouth, man! Yeah. Like I bet that person who said that 100%. quote is like I some. I think my my wife was telling my in laws this this uh, mindset of you know pretending like you're time traveling back, and I <laughs> I was feeling a little salty that day. I think, and I was like, I'll bet that guy that said that. I'll bet there's times where he doesn't <laughs> do that for sure. But I don't think like the thing with social media and the bite-sized clips that we all digest, like we just don't ever see the full picture yeah. of what that person's life is like. And, you know, maybe, maybe they feel that way because they have a nanny and they can have but I also their kids think taken these, care of. <laughs> these statements are coming after they've been through yeah, it. Right. You know, so they're forgetting about some of those moments. You know, it's coming from wisdom. And I think I, I have that perspective just because I have, I have lived that experience where like you, you tell yourself to have this mindset, but then you just fail miserably because the circumstances just crush you. And you're like, okay, yep. Didn't do that. Screw it. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, but you learn, you, you, you're an eternal student and you learn from those moments. You yeah. do. That's you right. Do. So you're trying to say before we even started recording, like what, what have I read and what have I learned this summer? And you know, to be honest, the, the show prep on this show is very little. Um, <laughs> just I in case you were wondering out there. Yeah, Dan's got, got, you know, it looks, looks impressive. Areas. Podcast thoughts. We'll see how it comes out of his mouth. Podcast but. thoughts. Here's one just quick. Malls in Mexico versus the U.S. That's what I wrote down. Ooh, I'm trigger. guessing they're all outdoor malls. Nope. This, nope. That's, well, some of them are. We're, we'll get to it. Okay. Reading and what you've absorbed over the summer, Sean. Yeah, I don't know where I want to go here. Um. I would say my overall theme of the summer um, has been just kind of moving, you know, for anyone that's lost a parent, for anyone that's kind of had different 
things happen in their life. I think there's always different years that are more pivotal than others. And I, I'd say that's, that's this summer has been one of those for me, just reflecting back on, on my dad who had a huge influence in my life and, and our first family trip, we went out to Montana without, you know, first trip without him. And, uh, it, it caused me to read a book, um, by Luke Russert, who is the, the son of Tim Russert for, I don't know if anyone listens to the show, but there was a guy named Tim Russert who was the Meet the Press mm, correspondent yes. on NBC for years, which if you don't know, back then there wasn't, you know, the Fox News and the, the MSNBCs and all these things weren't as prevalent as they were back then. So actually, Russert was the guy on Sunday mornings that would have the politicians in and he would be the host and ask the tough questions and and all of that. And it just happened to be he was a giant Buffalo Bills fan because he was from Buffalo. <laughs> of course. Of course, it all comes back That's down why. to the Bills. But anyway, Luke Russert um, gave a speech at his dad's funeral in like the mid, I think it was around 2007 or 8 or something. Yep. And um, that speech caused him to get a lot of interest from the major networks, even though he was only like 22 years old. And um, so he ended up taking a job with NBC and was a correspondent. Maybe you've even seen him on there from time to time. But then he ended up um, taking a break from everything, and he took a, like, 18-month uh, trip, basically traveled the world. And then he came out with a book last year about um, just what he's learned and just basically how he has grieved his father. And so that book was very helpful to me, um, you know, just doing a lot of journaling this summer, reflecting, you know, thinking about, the things you learn from your dad, um, thinking about the life he lived with his dad dying when he was five and how hard that must have been and just kind of putting yourself in those shoes and um, and trying to think of just where I want to go forward. So there's a lot of that type of stuff. He gave a lot of cool stories about the trips he took, the places he went. His mom joined him for a little bit um, on some of the trips. And so it was just a really interesting book about how travel can – kind of shed some light. And he basically said like he never fully grieved his dad until he took this trip and, and he never was able to kind of come to a piece um, about things. Cause he, he found himself trying to fill his dad's shoes for so many years and realizing that like that wasn't the path for him. And so, so what was it just cause he had some time, like he was alone for a lot of the trip. So was that why? I think alone and just a chance to shut everything off and be observant of the people he met, the places he went, you know, he saw some of the, you know, amazing places in the Middle East and um, South America and, you know, all over the world. He, he trekked and, and went places. A lot of people said, don't go, but he's like, I'm going to. And um, so, yeah, it was just a fun book to read uh, because of his travels, where he went. Also makes me think about places I might want to go one day. And then, um, you know, had a good connection to that. So, so I recommend if you've, you know, even if you've lost a parent recently or a long time ago, I think it's a good, fun, fun read. Um, so would you, tr- would you try to mirror that in any way? Would you like try to, have you like planned a trip by yourself somewhere to go do that? No. Or thought about that? Or I mean, I've thought about doing like enough? a weekend or a four day, like in the woods type trip by myself. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. We'll that see if that ever happens. I, I, I bet that would, that makes a lot of sense. To, I bet there's some, 
So I bet there's some culture in the world where that's like required. Where like, yeah, once you lose someone, you have to go off into solitude for multiple days. Um, because there's just so much, you know, that I'm guessing it's because if you don't do that, you're just, just, you just distract yourself with everything else instead of actually thinking about well, it. Well, I think really the American way, and maybe it's just not American, maybe it's just the way is to bottle things, right? And to just be like, oh, I'm fine. And it's good and whatever. And um, I think it's the way, yeah. But I do think what I've learned is, or try to learn from, you know, mental health and, and books like that is just, you know, you gotta, you gotta be willing to kind of face some of those emotions and, and talk about them and, and deal with them and write about them and, and, you know, I think that's, that's only helped me when I've kind of talked to other people about their, their stories. And, um, it's very healthy, I think. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can definitely relate to the, just, I don't know how important that travel piece is just to get a, you know, a different perspective on things. And also just to, you know, when you travel to a foreign country, you're, you're pretty much left alone. Like if you if you look like a foreigner, um, most people are going to assume you don't speak their language, and they're you know you know some people that maybe want to have you buy something or are going to approach you. But for <laughs> the most part, like you can be surrounded by people, but you can be in solitude when you're traveling. That's I mean this this last trip. Every year we take a month long trip to visit my wife's parents in Mexico and. I have that experience every year where I don't, I'm not expected to like interact and have small talk, or at least I don't force myself to do that with everybody. Um, so I definitely become more, uh, what's the word? Like I just become a little quieter and I just, I'm a little more in my head thinking about things, having, you know, deeper thoughts about stuff. Um, and it's because of those things, just the environment you put yourself in. I think we've talked about that on here before. It's just putting yourself into a different environment where you can, you know, think about things you had not thought about before. And that also like helps you do that. Um, so yeah, definitely a lot of benefits to it. Um, and you know, I haven't lost a, a parent yet, thankfully. Um, but you know, it's the, the crazy, the, the crazy thing about all of life is like, you know, like, you know, it's around the corner somewhere, but you just don't know which corner it is. Um, so I think it's good. It is good to know, like maybe what to do, because I don't think I have ever been told or read or, you know, been given advice on what to do when you lose someone close. Have I mean, have you ever, did you ever hear that? Like, I can't remember ever being told like, here's, no. you know, when you lose someone, you should probably try to do this. I'd never, I've never heard that ad- advice anywhere. No. Even though, even though everybody dies, yeah. it happens to but everyone. But everyone's going to grieve differently and everyone's yeah. going to handle it I differently. I guess that's a so, good point. So it's really just where you're at in your life too. Yeah. Um, I guess my, the things I'm to shift gears um, to what I've kind of absorbed on my trip, some things, we'll go back to malls, malls. Hey, what about these malls, people? Huh? Yeah. You hear about these malls? Um, so when you think of a mall in the United States, what do you think currently? Cinnabon, <laughs> um, Sephora. How about like the overall atmosphere of a mall um, in 2023 in overall America? Overall atmosphere is kind of, 
you know, there's some lights. There's a lot of smells. Would you say that it's it's vibrant, or would you say that over time it's kind of grown stale? And yeah, yeah, general stale. I mean, there's some malls that are nicer than others, but um, but in general, like the mall culture, we used to have a board game called Mall Madness at my house. Mm. It was my sister's games, but uh, it w- it just highlighted like back when we were back in like the 80s, right? 80s, 90s. Those that was like the height. You ever, like Stranger Things season three or something that focused on a mall. It, like yep. the mall was popping back in the day. Okay. Um, and one of the things like, obviously over time in the United States, it's grown pretty stale. Like if you go to the mall on a Monday evening, you're going to see maybe some, like a, an elderly couple walking yep. like a mile in the mall. Um, cause of online shopping, right? Yeah, Mo- most people aren't course. going to malls, but one, but one thing, so when you go to Mexico, that hasn't really, Amazon hasn't really taken hold and man, there are people everywhere. Every night of the week it's packed. And there's people walking around. Um, and I think it just has a an overall the vibe is um it's a good vibe. Like just having just seeing people out and about, like definitely I think has an effect on the people um and how they interact with each other. Um and that's one thing that really, I don't know, over the years it's kind of just stuck out to me is just how I don't know. I was just talking to my son about this at lunch. I asked him like, what was different? What's different about the United States compared to Mexico? And he said, his first answer was air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> As we were sitting there and uh, we were sitting in Herbert's and Gerbert's and he was like shivering. I'm with you boy. <laughs> but like, he wasn't saying a good or bad. He I was know. Just like they just crank it a, like a, a whole half knob more yep. in the U S N- nuclear kind of, power plants are a hell of a thing. It's kind of, ins- it's kind of insane. Like, you know, they don't have air conditioning in Europe, really. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine. They don't have the power. Even if they do. We got the power in the U.S. Even if they do, though, it's like, I don't, it's just a couple clicks down. It's not like they're, you know, trying to summon an icicle into the room. It's also much healthier to sleep at 68 degrees. I agree, but there's a, see, this, this is another point. It's like in between, like going between these two cultures. It's really, really, Dan's trying to tell us how Mexico's better. It's not. <laughs> Okay, so here's what I, there are. It's interesting when you go to a place for 30 days and you really like get really swallowed up by the culture and you have to, you know, you live in it and you come back and then you come back to your home country. You really you just notice little things for sure like that, like the air conditioning thing. So in Mexico, we didn't have any air conditioning. It was like, you know, 85 at night and you're trying to sleep and it's hot. But I did it. You know, I slept every night just fine. But as I come back, like, I realize the happy medium is maybe during the day. You don't need to crank it. But at night, it's nice to have a little, you know, a couple mm-hmm. clicks down to cool it off a bit. For sure. Um, so I think it's, you know, I think that's one of the cooler part, things about traveling is just giving yourself that. You give yourself like a, a fresh look on your own. It's fun to make culture. observations. It is. And, and. You know, when you when you travel, you make tons of them. We went to this place called Monte Alban. It's like a, it's a site of, of ruins for an ancient culture um, known as the Zapoteca culture. And it's at the top of this big hill. Um, and side note, like the only reason it's still there as most things is because it was abandoned before the Spanish got there. So like... If, this, if there was people there when the Spanish got there, they would have just destroyed it all. 
but people were gone by that point. And as you're standing there and you like look out at these ruins, uh, you just, I don't know, I get this feeling of just how many people have already existed and also how many probably really good people that have existed that we just, you know, we don't have any record of whatsoever, but they, I'm pretty sure they existed. Um, and it just gave me this idea that it's okay to be that, like, you don't need to be, you know, somebody in history that makes their name on a civilization or just that becomes historical record. Like that's not, I don't think like on this trip, I came to that conclusion. Like that's not the end game. The end game is just to be a decent person. And it doesn't matter if you are remembered by the history books or not, because most people that have been good throughout history and just decent people and helpful and, um, you know, great husbands and fathers, they've just become, they've become forgotten to time. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. But I had this, I had that thought as I looked out on this giant hilltop and our tour guide was explaining to us, I asked like, well, so this must be like the city center. Where did all the people live? And he's like, well, they lived all around, right in this, you know, the jungle area right below here, the wooded area below all around this mountain. And I was like, well, there's no evidence of their houses ever existing. Um, And so I came to that conclusion, like, wow. So like, there's no evidence of these people ever having existed as, and I came to the conclusion that, you know, eventually over time, that's what will become of me. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, even in, even the people that are important to history, you know, this last school year, I asked my students, I showed them a picture of Nelson Mandela and I asked them who it was. Do you know what they said? <laughs> oh boy. Who do you think they said? They named it. They named a celebrity. I bet you could guess it. Bill Cosby? No. <laughs> Morgan Freeman. Oh. They said that's Morgan Freeman. And I said, no, that's not. They had no idea. There's who, a movie about him. Who played him? Morgan Freeman. Did he? Well, actually, Idris Elba and Morgan Freeman played okay. him. Okay. Invictus was the one Morgan Freeman played. Great movie. Great rugby movie, by the way. Um, but it highlighted, like, even those people that have made tremendous marks on history, they will, too, just, you know, eventually over time, so many people have, will have forgotten about them. So what really is important is to, I think, just be a decent or as decent of a human being as you possibly can mm-hmm. and not worry about, you know, that mark-leaving impact and i it's i get the irony of it as a guy on a podcast trying to get people to listen to him to say that um (laughs) we don't have that many views right but i you know i i've realized that maybe this podcast isn't for that original purpose of like i'm gonna speak to the masses i think eventually what i'm trying to do here is just speak to one person who (laughs) maybe is down my genealogical line in the future. Yeah. And I think for me, it's really just to get my own thoughts out and learn as you do that, you know, I mean, um, it's kind of like a, basically a different form of journaling and writing, you know, as podcasting is the way I kind of take that view. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we all probably some point think about, you know, what's going to be our legacy or what, what are we going to leave? or children or things like that. And so maybe that's where your head was at with like, is it going to be on a monument? Is it going to be a, you know, some 
something and you know as a history teacher you know there's ways that people you're remembered um but that's just you know on this earth and um obviously that's not <laughs> the mark of success you know is if you're remembered to the masses forever and ever and it can be for good reasons and bad reasons obviously yeah, this will be in an MP3 file instead. Yeah. That's how I'll leave my mark. Um, some other things that popped up during my trip that kind of just made me think a little deeper on life and just how our culture operates is, um, it's you know, it's almost like there's some aspects, like that whole mall example is a good aspect of how, like, that part is still a little bit behind the United States, but it's not a bad thing. Like, that's good that there's people interacting with each other on a large scale like that. Um, another thing that we got involved in were pickup soccer games. We've talked about that on here about how, you know, in the, in the United States, everything has become so organized by, you know, these different clubs and whatnot. And it's pretty impossible to, you know, in, at least in my neighborhood and other neighborhoods, this probably isn't true, but like, it's impossible. If we were to go outside and try to get a pickup soccer game going on in my neighborhood, we couldn't do it. It'd be me versus my son. That's it. <laughs> but down there, we ended up, you know, almost on a nightly basis for a couple of weeks there, just, you know, hooking up with like a couple of 10 year olds, an eight year old, a five year old, a 35 year old, another seven year old. And we were playing like three on three soccer. And I was mm -hmm. getting pretty intense with these kids. But Man, it was such a cool experience, I thought, for my son to be a part of because he's experiencing that whole community aspect that just kind of organically happens. And then also, you know, he's having to fight off these 10-year-olds who are way bigger than him uh, and he's, you know, learn how to use his body a little more. And that's just something that I think has, once again, gotten lost in our in the United States culture because it's just become so organized. And I wish there was a way, you know, to bring that kind of, I don't know, attitude or idea back. But I don't know if that's even possible anymore. Do you, I mean, you, you're a coach. Do you, do you see, do you ever see, I mean, do you ever see pickup games ever going on anymore? You do. I mean, there's remnants of it still, um, but not, yeah, it's not a, like, when I grew up where pretty much that was your only option was to, to go with buddies in the neighborhood and go play whatever sport it might be. Um, and yeah, that there's not a lot of time for that anymore when everything's so organized and, and kids are signing up for sports and playing them sometimes all year round. And so they're going to practices and whatever. And if you're doing that, there's probably a, a not a lot of chance that you want to come home and do more of it. Um, and even <laughs> if you do, it's like, where do you do it? But I do think that's awesome when you can just get kids to play unstructured, unorganized, um, and just have at it. And even that's something I do with my boys. I mean, we're kind of still lucky in our neighborhood. We, we've got a, you know enough kids that will go play a football game or, or, you know, play a little baseball game together. But it's, you know, it's only like four or five kids. It's not like it's a huge gathering. And I know there's some studies and some um, books about, Oh, soccer, you know, learned in Brazil and different places where they would play in a small space would allow them to, you know, learn better skills because they had to. Whereas if you're always playing on a big surface with, you know, a ton of space, you're not going to learn the, the skills that you need 
um, against basically more intense competition in an environment. So, so that is interesting. Um, I think, yeah, probably the last thing I'd share is that um, there's a, a Bible study I joined during COVID was, which was through JP uh, Nurbin, who we had on, on the podcast uh, a couple times and wrote the book and he's the founder of thrive on challenge. And basically it's a community of coaches around the world and we share and exchange ideas and um, you know, it's, it's built on transformational coaching, but um, there was about six of us, seven of us that have virtually uh, gotten up every Wednesday morning over the last, you know, since COVID. So it's going on three and a half years of doing a, a quick Bible study together at uh, five thirty in the morning for half an hour. And, and we had never met each other. So I'd met some of them, but not all of them. So we went to Chicago and just spent two days together, golfed a little bit, golfed in the rain, <laughs> crazy rain deal. Um, Something you'll be dreaming about on your deathbed. Yeah, right? could be. Um, it was actually a blast because just the way it worked out. But um, anyway, we read a quick little book called the tale of three Kings, which is a, Kind of, I don't really know exactly how to describe it. It's basically like someone's take about three kings in the Bible, um, David, Saul, and um, Absalom, and it's it's a really, it's a little, little uh, out there as far as like it's you know you got to really process things. It's it's a short little tiny book, but um, it was just interesting on life. I think they talked about King David, who. King Saul was the first king, and he was a violent, angry king, and he saw King David as a threat. And so the story kind of starts with that and talks about how King David didn't want to be that threat because he knew the king kingdom wasn't his to have. And so he actually went and became a recluse for years, even though King Saul kept coming at him trying to kill him. And then, giving you the Cliff Notes version here, and then the other side of it is, Eventually, King David does become king, and then his son Absalom sees some things going wrong with the kingdom, and he wants to to basically throw a coup and over overtake his father. And um, King David doesn't come at him, doesn't fight him, doesn't he just he just doesn't really do much because he knows that the king the kingdom isn't his to have. You know, he knows it's a bigger bigger thing than that. So it's an interesting story. Um, does just he, about does, does he take it over? Eventually, yes. The kid does? The kid does. Does he yep. kill his father? No. Oh. But. Um, just, I was just curious. Yeah. But it just made me think about in life, we're going to have times where we have difficult people that are out to get us or um, we're coming for them a little bit and they feel offended. You know, there's kind of two different sides to it there. And it just made me think about like how we choose to handle those things. Um, you know, the reason he didn't go after his son was because he knew anger didn't, you know, being angry at someone who's angry is just going to make you that person. And, you know, there's some, just some lessons to be learned there. And so it really made me think about times in my life where I've gone through different things and, and, um, how to handle them and basically how hard it is to basically just act like nothing's going on, you know, like how to, how to kind of, that's the general conclusion. Is I like mean, that's just, one of the things I took from it was like, and it, and I'm not to say that that's the way to do it all the time because obviously there's a time to fight and there's a time to stand up for yourself. But I think it was an interesting way to think about um, how you handle those battles in your life. Yeah, so what? that's interesting. Like I, I, so how would you 
how, how would you handle yourself if somebody else felt like you were coming after them, but you were, you know, maybe you weren't specifically going after them, but you were going for, you know, something else, but it seemed like you were going for them inadvertently. I mean, I think it depends on the situation, but I mean, I think in coaching, there's probably times where oh, yeah, that's a good, like, how you, about, you could feel like the assistant coach is coming for your job or you could be the assistant yeah. and feel like you're going for their job or it could be the same thing in a company, a vice president or whatever. So how do you navigate um, that? Like that's a I, I'm actually really curious about that. Well, I, I don't think there's one answer, but I mean, I think for me, if I was the assistant and the head coach felt like I was coming for them, I wouldn't, that's not something I would want to be a part of, you know, like I, I don't want to get the job that way. Right. You what don't if you're, okay. So like, let's say you, let's say you're going for a job that requ- like, okay, you want to make, you want to make your way up a uh, ladder of an organization in order to do so. You have to, you know, get certain accolades to be promoted to that or given permission to do this or that. But there's a person that you work with that has that position and you're like, you're getting closer to it by getting those, check marks, but you don't, you're not trying to hurt that person. You just want to make your way up that ladder. So maybe you can provide more for your family. Like what, how would you approach that? Like, does that, should that person approach the other person and be like, look, I'm not trying to do this. What would you say to that? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it would totally depend on. All right. Well, real helpful there, Sean. Well, I mean, it is. <laughs> I mean, obviously there's no right answer. I mean, I think, I mean, obviously if I were me, I wouldn't want takes I don't wouldn't want someone to be like oh you took my job like and you know in that situation I would probably just not react to it it's probably what I would do I mean I would just you know just like it says in this parable you know like basically he thinks he's coming for him he left he left and be hidden in a cave for years even though Saul was coming to kill him like so um if I was the assistant coach and the head coach thought I was coming for his job like that if he felt that angry about it I would go somewhere else i wouldn't want that job all right that's good that's fair enough that's just me because i think you take it on then with a um just in a in a way that i don't think is a healthy environment but like yeah i know what you mean but yeah like, and i know you can fight and fight and but it's not about fi- i mean i don't think it's about fighting it's like yeah my if you example, earned it and like you're just wh- you're just being yourself and you're what working your way. What if you're just trying to learn, like, let's say you're being an eternal student and you're learning more. And as a byproduct of that, mm-hmm. you are now able. So now, but now to, you get this job and you take his job. I mean, that's basically what you're saying is at some point, like, would you not take it because. Like, let's, okay, let's say you're doing that and then you don't, you're not, you're not, you're not even looking to take his job, but they're like, Hey, we're going to give you this job. Yeah. Would or, you take that job? Or would you walk away because that person was mad? I think, yeah, it would depend on a lot of different things. There. God dang, humans yeah. are messy, man. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I don't think there's a right answer to that. I think it's. Yeah, but it's just, it's, it's like an interesting balance to strike because there's, you know, the two extremes would be there's the person who's like out to get the person or out to get mm-hmm. that job or the person who just like doesn't even bother to do anything. Because they don't want to cause any commotion or make any waves. Like, I don't, obviously, I don't think either of those ways is the way to take, but there's got to be some middle path. There could be. You know, in this story, it was like, I'm not going to, he just thought the king, the kingdom for me to be the king isn't mine anyway. He, in this situation, he's like, it's God's choice. So he's like, 
if if that happens, it happens, but I'm not going to go like fight this guy for it, you know? And, and so I think it's, you know, I think there's going to be times in your life in your professional life, especially where you got to make those decisions. Is it like time to fight? Is it time to just basically not react to it? You know, do you want to dig down to their level? You know, I think, I think that's where it's interesting. I think there's some powerful lessons in that. Like, you know, if someone gets angry and animated at you and if you get angry and animated back at them, chances are you're probably going to be like, shoot, like, I wish I like, what did I gain from that? You know? Right. And that's where this, I think this comes full circle is like in order to, to successfully navigate that situation or these kinds of situations, like the, there is definite value in reading the parable or the story there, but <laughs> I think the only way to figure it out is to, to na- try and navigate it and you might, you know, not navigate it successfully. Well, and then you, you got to figure, figure out, out your path. Yeah. Right? And then you I mean, figure what's out like, your path and right. how do you want to handle it? But like you have, you have to live that moment to realize, Oh, I don't want to do this or I do want to sure. do that. What type of person do you want to be? Right. How do you want to handle it? Yeah. So, well, that's a, I, that's a good way to end the show. I think, um, got to keep, got to keep some in the tank for, uh, future <laughs> you can't episodes. give away all our secrets. Here. No, sir. You cannot. Um, well, thanks for joining us here on another episode. Um, I'm thinking you'll hear from us in a month or so. That's the plan. Might be a year. Who knows? But uh, it's always good to, yeah, like you said, put our thoughts out there. This is the only way I journal is through verbal diarrhea. So You going to put this on Instagram? I don't know how to do that. So we'll figure it out. TikTok, baby, with no video. Don't know if that works well. But thanks for listening to the two of you out there. <laughs>